how much of a difference would it be if there was no parties at all? No matter the, how good your your uh, policies are and stuff, it's always going to be a popularity contest. This usually has ripple ripple effects for decades. We're still living with the Reagan coalition. What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of Totem. I'm your host Monaco Carrillo, and of course, like always, we got Eric with us. How's it going? Yeah, I'm your other co-host, Eric Carrillo. And guys, just remember, we're on YouTube and Spotify. Um, so if you guys like the conversations we're having, want us to keep bringing on more guests, just make sure to like the video. Um, and also be sure to, to uh, smash that subscribe button. Um, so, you know, that way you can be notified every single time we got a new guest up um, by hitting that bell too. Um, and yeah, if we bring you guys value, if you learn something, if we made you laugh, made you think... Um, the only fee we have here on the show is to share with at least one other person. Um, that's all we ask of you guys, just to share with one other person if you like what you're listening to. And a huge shout out. Um, I don't know if you can see the shirt I got going on, but a huge shout out to Gamos Design um, for hooking us up with these t-shirts. Um, just if you're out there needing any uh, marketing material for you or your business or just personal matters, um, just be sure to hit them up and be sure to tell them um, to, to use code TOTEM. You'll receive 10% off. Your order, cool. Yeah. So the guests we have today, we love all our guests, but I always love. I'm a big supporter of uh, the woman empowerment movement, the the badass woman. And today we got today we got one. So Scout, welcome, welcome yeah, to the show. Quite the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> that's great. So how, how how are you doing? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's definitely been a whirlwind of a week because of the election on Tuesday. So in my world, that's like Christmas or. Maybe even worse, Halloween. For the people who don't really know who you are, can you just give like a quick little um, spiel about who you are and what you do? Yeah, this is always a tough question for me to answer because I'm honestly like a renaissance woman, if you will. I love learning about nearly everything, but what I really focus on is marketing and branding, graphic design, and I focus in the areas of politics, which is where I started out, and I've started to not segue, but also include um, businesses, including like scientific, scientifically oriented businesses. So I have a very unique perspective that I bring to any industry that I market or brand that I actually think is really not found, you know, in Colorado at least. Um, and so I've been working for about, I guess, eight years, but I've honestly been doing it way longer than that, like starting honestly back in middle school. I started doing like video editing like you guys do, or just even like making a poster that was like super unique. Like it just started there. So, and I, in college, I um, studied anthropology. That was, that's what I reference as my first love. Honestly, it's, uh, it's amazing. And it is the foundation for everything that I do. So kind of who, who, I guess if we kind of go back, you said you started doing that. So have you always kind of been that way, like since young, kind of trying to do that stuff? You said middle school time? Yeah, and and it was interesting um, with anthropology. That really started when I was like five in a very morbid kind of way that I swear to God is not like a Jeffrey Dahmer (laughs) (laughs) intro. (laughs) There you go. Perfect. Um, Because I like specifically focused on forensic anthropology because as a kid, I was super fascinated by bones and I'm sure my mom at some point was like, "Eh, like, should I get her into therapy? But she seems okay. Like, I don't know. Cause I would always ask for like the mummy books, you know, just like anytime I saw like a mummy, I was just like, Oh, that's so fascinating. Like anything, 
surrounding death, I just always found very intriguing. Yeah. So, so, so the, 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 those are big words for us. Uh, give us a definition of what's anthropology for people that don't know. I don't personally know exactly, so... I don't even think anthropologists know what anthropology is. Okay, so do you um, know what it is? It, I even took a, a, a class in it in college, and I have no idea what it was. Yeah, because they they themselves do not know. Um, I Googled it, but I'm, I want to know. Well, what Wikipedia <laughs> will tell you is um, it's the study of humans, or maybe sometimes you'll find humanity. I do not agree with that. Um, I can only tell you what I don't agree with, because I've been even grappling with a definition for a very long time. Because if you look at, you know, psychology, any type of social science, it is the study of humans. But the weird thing about anthropology is that it can also include, you know, study of chimpanzees because it can inform how we look at, you know, human evolution, you know, human behavior and things like that. So it isn't really strictly the study of humans. And it, if you think of humans just as like homo sapien, well, that doesn't really work because if you look at paleoanthropology, it goes all the way back to Artipithecus, which is what we consider to be like the first branch off from chimpanzee. That's not human. Like, I don't even know what that is. What is it's it? some hybrid in the middle. And there's all these other different hybrids and like branching offs. And so it's a very interesting um, field of study. And I like to include in my definition is like studying of the past if you if we just want to stick to human study of humanity, you know, past, present, and future of humanity, I think has to be included in that. Because if you look at psychology, you're looking at a present human being. You're not saying, okay, well, according to this person in like 1800, like I'm going to diagnose you or look at you yeah. through that lens. Like that's just not true. But, but they di they diagnose kind of the the stuff that happened maybe not that far back, but like in their past a little bit. No, or no. Well, you know, it's you're you're dealing with a very present, you know, like that person is right in front of you. Whereas with anthropology, oh, you, oh, I get you what you mean. Okay. Yeah, like you're dealing with dead, alive, and to be determined. Okay. You know, in terms of, and you're dealing with a lot of um, very nebulous, abstract notions like culture. I can't touch culture like I can touch this book. And psychology, it's like okay, well, the most tangible thing is the brain, I suppose, and. You know, anthropology typically gets conflated with sociology, um, and that is a very present-oriented field of study. But anthropology just goes a little bit deeper, and it tries to answer the question, if this were to be my definition, it would probably be the definition, is, you know, what does it mean to be human? What has it meant? What does it mean right now? And what will it mean in the future? Um, and so that's what I like um, to define it as. That's a very roundabout way of saying that. No, um, no, no. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. But, you know, there's four branches. There's linguistic. There's physical anthropology, which is where you can get paleoanthropology. So study of ancient hominids, um, chimps, uh, primates, cultural. And then you got archaeology, which is probably the most famous one. Indiana Jones being an archaeologist, but not really because he destroys more things than he, like, <laughs> saves. Um but those are the four branches. Um, and understanding human culture and society um, in many different contexts. So, so that kind of goes kind of hand, hand in hand with, with what you do, right? The marketing stuff because you got the human behavior, I guess you kind of, I don't know, to, to, to a point you got to be able to know and understand it, I guess, to be able to create the right marketing or the right target, whatever they're trying to do in their, 
and their stuff, right? Yeah. So in cultural anthropology, which is where I started segueing at the end of my college career, I guess you would say, um, is how I look at marketing. That's like the, my frame. And I use um, kind of my own flavor of cultural anthropology. And, and a word I like to describe how I approach things is a German word, zeitgeist. And zeitgeist is um, literally translates to period of the time. Um, it's a very common word in the English language, and people use it um, quite frequently, and I think it's a great word. Um, and so cultural anthropology kind of, it doesn't just kind of, it does get at the zeitgeist of the era. And the tricky thing about culture is you can't touch it, like I said. And even people who are living within their own culture don't even really fully understand like what kind of things are influencing their day-to-day life or thought or action. But at the end of the day, nearly everything is cultural. I mean, you understand it when you go to a different country, like, oh, they do things differently here. Mm -hmm -hmm." And then you come back and you're like, okay, well, I'm back to normal. (laughs) It's like, well, it's not really normal. Back to It's just a different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the theories behind, you know, why different cultures emerge and how they emerge, that's a whole other layer that I won't go to. But with marketing, it we use a technique called ethnography, which really is just like a fancy word for like talking to people and understanding them over a long period of time. So, you know, it, like with communication, do you mean, or what do you mean, or what, what exactly? So I wrote my honors thesis on Black Republicans. I was very fascinated by all of that, and what that means is that I selected twenty-five. I think it was. Um, individuals, and I talked with them over a long period of time uh, to fully understand, you know, who they are and why they act the way that they act and maybe what was influencing them to think that way. And, you know, you look at focus groups in politics, right, or like polls, like you get a, you know, a call on your phone to answer a poll. That's just like very quick. Like that's just a very quick snapshot of a person. If I answer them. If you do, they usually call. I I don't know why you would (laughs) because it's dumb. Um, But yeah, those don't really, I mean, people have been thinking about or just asking themselves the questions like, you know, why are the polls so off? Yeah. Like there was a Trump phenomenon in 2016 where people didn't want to be honest with their feeling because there was so much shame, you know, surrounding that. Um, But I think that we're in a period of time now that those classic data collection methods just simply don't work anymore. We're in a very strong cultural, societal, political shift in this country that a simple like snapshot poll or focus group just simply cannot capture. And I think most people really don't, um, they understand that there's a change happening, but they like don't understand why or like how, like it's happening. You know, why do they feel what they feel? Where, where are they heading with that? Like, who are they going to vote for next time? Yeah. Like, what are some solutions you think to that? Like, that there could be, you know? Well, I think, be... well, like, ultimately, I think, you know, I think that there needs to be more understanding. Like, the political pollsters, let's, let's just use Colorado as an example. The Trafalgar group should be, like, like, just completely, like, it should be out of business. Because <laughs> if you look at those polls, they were, like, they had Heidi Ganahl, like, within two percentage points of beating Jared Polis. They had Joe O'Day, I think like 1% within striking distance of Bennett. Like that's just complete bullshit. And you look at all the other polling group or polls and they were completely wrong. 
And I just don't think that the polls can adequately capture what people are feeling. It's extremely complex. And so getting back to anthropology. Who, 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 are, the, who are those funded by, though? That's, that's the big question. Like, it depends. You know, sometimes the parties fund them and use them so as, like, exactly. marketing. So, yeah, so that's, that's where, I, where I'm going. Like, they fund it, so it's like they put it to their benefit, obviously. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's a completely biased sample. In anthropology, there is – it's probably one of the most subjective social sciences, which is where we get into trouble. But I just don't know if you can remove that subjectivity. But, you know, to kind of going into a more long-form discussion with people and – really trying to understand them over a long period of time, um, I think is absolutely critical. And when I'm sitting with someone, whether it's with marketing or, you know, trying to understand their culture or whatever, you have to look for so many subtle cues that they themselves don't understand or know that they're using in terms of words, enunciation of words, um, where they're looking, how, how their body language is are they closed are they open are they nervous like when they do this like they're super nervous and those are you know ways that you can get at you know what either resonates with them makes them nervous or so what i'm trying to say is with marketing that still applies so when i'm thinking of like a brand right like how do we make a brand for somebody um you you obviously don't want to make a brand that they can't resonate with because at the end of the day, it has to be theirs. It's not going to be mine. I'm not going to be the CEO of your company. <clears throat> and so when I sit down with somebody, I say, okay, can you just talk <laughs> about anything? <laughs> yeah. It's like, can we just, just start talking? Let's just start having a conversation. And that doesn't mean I just sit there and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I engage in kind of almost a rambunctious kind of conversation with them. And sometimes I'll say, hey, stop, 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 stop. Did you know that you just were, use like this word like almost 15 times now? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, like, let's go down that rabbit hole because it seems like you have an affinity to that word. And so you're really trying to pull out like some of these elements that people just have always used or for whatever reason and they have an affinity for. And then I use that to frame like the entire brand around so, that person or thing so what's the, how, how important is branding for like a person i guess like a person or business or whatever it is you know i think it probably depends on the business in politics i think it's everything um if you do and this is where in my i'm using just colorado republicans as my punching bag you it's, it's deserved um <laughs> <laughs> um Throw a couple kicks in there too, not just punches. yeah. No, it's fine. Like, yeah, I, I, well, it's, it's, it's especially important in in politics because it's no matter the, how, how good your your uh, policies are and stuff, it's always going to be a popularity contest. Yeah, and you have to be able to distinguish yourself. And I'm more than happy. Okay, let me give you a few examples. Just, just so you guys know, <laughs> we're talking about this. She's a political consultant, so she. She knows of me and Eric, we just sit here and talk shit, but she's actually a political consultant. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah go ahead. Um, and so let me just use a couple of examples. Um, some nationally, and then I'll bring it back to what I've done locally. Nationally, some of the best branding um, has been done by um, Obama, was a big one. That was purely an exercise in effective branding and marketing. That's Because you're talking about a guy who was barely in Congress for like two minutes, who suddenly shot up to be president very, very quickly. 
And then you look at Trump. He is probably like the best expert in branding. I mean, I'm not saying I have an opinion on, I don't want to get into how I feel about him personally, but I'm just telling you like the guy's a damn good brander. Like, you know, exactly like, what, what are his issues? Like name some of his, his fucking hair, the first one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a form of branding, but in terms of like political issues, like, you know, what was he saying the first time around in his presidential campaign? He was, he was, he was what, like talking what, shit about like, was the, the Mexicans and, all, and the women and, and all this stuff. But like think of it like um, build the wall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Throw Hillary couple, Clinton in jail. Yeah. Like she's crooked. She's just yeah, so there's Crooked yeah. Hillary. Yeah. Right. And he's you know, um Lion Cruz, like for lying Ted Cruz. Make America great again. Like that's just very effective marketing and branding. We can disagree with the result of that. It also helps when you're loud. Yeah, it really helps when you're loud and rambunctious and just don't know how to stop tweeting. Um. Yeah, so that's, that's the whole point. Of, the thing I think the whole point too, like to to circle it around is like marketing is to get attention. Like technically, at the end of the day, you want attention. That's what that's what it is. It's just that he was getting bad attention, you know. I guess. Yeah, and he good um, attention because he won one time, but bad attention the the second one. But yeah, no, it, it doesn't want to. With branding, it's we have to be careful. It's like, yeah, it's a great foundation. It can help you get, like, maybe 50% of the way there. But branding, I, I I think I've probably fallen into this trap personally, and I've learned my lesson from it. Branding can't carry you over the finish line. Like, to rely on it, like, overly, I think, um, is a very bad move, especially in politics. Like, oh, my website looks great. Like, I have great issues. Like, really, like, snappy yard signs. But at the end of the day, if it's not a great candidate and they're not a good messenger... You can have the best branding in the world. It's just not going to get you over the finish line. Andrew Yang is a very perfect example of that, where he's the UBI guy. He was he had some fantastic marketing, um, where universal basic income like that was his thing. You know, math. You know, make America think harder was like his acronym, I think. And everyone would go up to him and be like, "Oh my God, you're the UBI guy! Like, I love that idea." And he'd go to his website and he had literally two hundred solutions listed on his website. He was the idea guy. Like, that's mm-hmm. really neat. I really appreciate that kind of candidate. But that got him 50% of the way there. He didn't even really land a single delegate. And actually, coincidentally, the only place where he got the majority of votes was in the city of Boulder. Because the city of Boulder likes people like that, which is why I, I like Boulder. Um, so my point is, is, like, marketing, branding, super important, like, really awesome. But if you don't have, like, the right people, the right candidate, or, like, a great product, it's not gonna, that shit's not going to sell. Just like in anything, not just like political stuff, but just like anything, like it's, it, don't, it can only do so much for you. But what I, what it, I, it doesn't yeah. do the whole thing. It won't do everything. What I will say is that it makes the message more digestible. So like, for example, if I have candidate A with like really great branding and then candidate B with not very great branding and let's say that they're like really pushing their message, you know, out there, willing to bet that the voters will more than likely be more friendly and open and accepting to candidate A with better branding rather than with candidate B because you've already told them how to feel about you. That's that's a big deal. You've already told them what to think and how, you know, and how you are as a person. And so I had this happen a lot in Boulder County where they would go up to like this candidate I was helping and they would be like, "Oh, man, we really like your website. Like tell me more." Like that's per- that's a perfect example. Uh, rather than just like nothing <laughs> it's like they don't even yeah. know where to begin with you 
Um, so if they just see some like gun toting, American flag waving, whatever, they're gonna be like, yikes! Yeah. Like as a person, I mean. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, we we've kind of like touched the base on it like a little bit. Um, but I mean, we can just like kind of get right into it with the uh, midterms just being done a couple of days ago. Um, by the time this goes live, it's probably a little a little under a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but let, let, let's just get like a little recap going on that because. As many, like, people, like, not even, like, in Colorado, but, like, across the whole nation, they were expecting, like, this red wave to come in, and it really didn't end up happening. We were here to hear it was a sprinkle. <laughs> it was, yeah, I heard it was a little sprinkle of it. Um, and it, and it's interesting, too, because how you were saying that, like, branding only gets you ha- there halfway. When I was doing, like, research on, like, the candidates and who to vote for, I'd look at the websites, quotes, like, probably Republicans have really nice-looking websites, they have great videos and stuff. Compared to the Democrats who didn't have really anything on their mm-hmm. websites. And it's like, cool, they have really good branding, but then they ended up, ended up being their asses kicked. So, like, how does that even work? That's exactly right. Um, so, are you talking about just Colorado? Uh, I'm guessing when you were filling out your ballot with the, yeah. looking at the websites and all that? Yeah, yeah, just Colorado. Yeah. So, okay, where do I begin with that? First of all, let me just get at this red wave concept real quick. They oversold it. And so, of course, it's like high expectations leads to disappointment. Yes, which that's, is why, that's like mm-hmm. what we were talking about earlier. Like, who's funding it? Who's saying it's going to be great? So, Yeah, and one of my favorite political commentators um, was talking yesterday. And what people really wanted, which is why I think they're so upset, is a sense of justice from what they have been put through because of COVID, schools, indoctrination, all the crap that they've been put through for like the last four years, they wanted the Senate so they could see Dr. Fauci up there just getting like eviscerated by Rand Paul. Like they had probably like this dream of like, Rand, you know, Dr. Fauci being let off in handcuffs and they want to see that happen. Like they know that a grave injustice has been done. Like they know their country's slipping away. So when you have that and then you don't like get that, man, you just take that super personally. Um, it's just such a big bummer (laughs) to put that lightly. And so now they can't get that sense of justice. And when that happens, it gets kind of scary. You know, when people don't feel like they can achieve a sense of justice, where do, what do they do? Well, that's how you get January 6th. Frankly, like they, they saw some things that were amiss. We can, I don't necessarily agree with the uh, scale (laughs) of which they were talking about, nor endorse their actions or what have you. But when people can't achieve that justice, they take it into their own hands rather in a rather scary way. It's because so. it's, it's, it's a, like a interesting way because I guess the way to do it by, I guess, it's by like you voting, you get this person out. Everybody cries and bitches all year. And then when it comes down to do stuff, like nobody really wants to do anything, you know. Because if it, if it really was that bad, you know, you see a lot of policies in different places, and they're not great. I don't think they're great. And no. and the uh, a normal human being would not be like, yeah, give me more of this, honestly. But I guess maybe there is some, or I guess there is because it kind of went that way. But my, my the problem I have with it is just like everyone bitches and complains, and then. But when it's time to do something, nobody does anything. So then it's like, it's fine, but just stop bitching and complaining. That's like my thing on it. It's because people say that your vote doesn't matter. There's like millions and millions of people in like the 
the state or the nation. So like, oh, my vote's one vote's not really gonna fucking matter. We'll no one, but when you tally up everybody fucking saying that, then it ends up being like a big chunk of people who end up not voting, and their vote actually does fucking count. But because I think people are skeptical of the voting stuff. It's not going back to fucking twenty twenty. But their vote, they're skeptical. Like a lot of states right now, they're like they're still going. They're like oh, Maricopa's a disaster. They're like oh no, uh, it's probably going to be. What are you saying? Till Christmas or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, on Ar- some like in uh, Arizona. 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 Yeah, and then Georgia, they're, they're, they're going to have to. So it's like how we have all this technology, we can go to the. I don't know if we can go to the moon, but we can go out of space. We can do all this <laughs> stuff. And we can't count a couple votes. Like, there yeah. should be some sort of system that just does it right away. Like, you can literally tweet something from anywhere in the world. Yeah, this or is whatever. coming from and this. You can't, yeah. and, and you can't count some votes in a couple of days. Like, uh, come on, dude. Well, yeah, even in, like, the Civil War era, where, like, the technology was, like, pretty, pretty much non-existent, they could count all the votes in, within a week. Yeah. Which is insane that we can't get some shit figured out to do it faster and easier for everybody. What yeah. do you think, Scout? Yeah, so mm, I just usually like to focus on Colorado because any good anthropologist realize that if you haven't situated yourself in that culture, you probably shouldn't say much about it. So I can't really speak okay. to other states because that makes me very nervous. Um, but with Colorado, it's a very unique state. It's worth going back to 2016 presidential results and looking at um, – the percentage of the libertarian vote in the presidential race. Do you happen to, did you happen no. to see that? No, not really. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get foremost. into politics until like literally like this year. Understood. Okay. Me, me, I started, started, we started kind of a little bit more once COVID started going on. We're just like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is happening? You know, yeah. With all this shit. Yeah. So did a lot of people. Um, but I'm, I'm going to get the exact percentage wrong, but it was very significant Obviously, um, Hillary Clinton won the state, but it was really nothing to brag about because it, I, I believe it was more than 10% of the vote went to a libertarian. That was the only state in the nation where people said, I don't want Hillary, I really hate Trump, but I'm going to go libertarian. That wow. is Colorado in a nutshell right there. And Jared Polis, say what you want about the guy. I think he's a brilliant political strategist. Um, he is really admirable. When it comes to tactics, being a statesman, I really do not dis, you know, agree. I really do not agree with how the Republicans have labeled him. It's extremely, I think it's actually kind of disgusting. Like the think King it's Polis just like, thing, I think th- it's stupid. Do you think it's kind of, they just see and then they're like, oh, he's a Democrat. He has this and they start slamming him on other stuff. That's like what Eric was saying. It's more popul- he's a, Democrat. A, a popularity thing. They're like, I'm a Republican and... Just because he's on that side, I might agree with him some stuff, but I'm not going his way because he's a Democrat. Like, I think he is probably the smartest kid in the classroom, and I view some Republicans just bullying him just because of that. You know, like you're in school, like someone's like succeeding in a classroom, like, you know, like having all these great things happening. There's always those people in the back who are like, God, I fucking hate that guy, but I don't know why. Like, but he's so great and all that. Like, it's literally that. That's what, because I remember just even a couple days ago, I was with a group of Republicans. Like, there's one, you can criticize him all you want on policy, okay? Like, that's totally fine. But to criticize him because he's gay. Like, oh, he met, he, did you know that he actually met his boyfriend under, like, the train tracks? I don't give a fuck about that. Shut up. 
Like, you sound pathetic. And this is exactly how losers talk. And that's the Republican Party in Colorado. They, they talk like they're losers, and they are losers. Like, and I, I know that's extremely mean. But when you're in this kind of situation, and you have, like, these people have nothing to show for anything that they've done. Like, I think the Republican caucus absolutely sucks. And I think the consultant class absolutely sucks. And I think even down to, like, the activist level, they, the Republican Party has let some very dubious actors in um, who still question the, you know, the 2020 election, who believe that Tina Peters actually won, even though she lost by, like, 15%. <laughs> you know, it, it's just so mind-boggling. You know, did you hear about Tina Peters, the Secretary no, of State? I, no, I didn't. Lord. Um, you know, a huge election denier and ended up with a couple of charges. Um, so she, you know, like the FBI came into her house and it was a whole thing. I don't really want to go down that election that denial. Hole. Like that just kind of freaks me out a little yeah. bit. But no, but like, with, the, with that whole thing that you're saying, like, yeah, when they're, when they're saying stuff about like Polish or whatever, it's like they can't find anything else to bring up. So they start bringing up. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of how politics are. They're just going to start pulling everything out. They're just going to want to talk shit about anything. Well, yeah. it doesn't help that he he he, uh, he had the the meat out. Um, it was like like you like to not eat like any meat when like in a state that's like the the agriculture and and all that stuff is like a big mm-hmm. kind of deal. And yeah. it's like I agree. It's like that 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 doesn't really help his his popularity. And most of like rural Colorado is like more tends to be more republican because they support more of like yeah. the, the agriculture and all that stuff and, and that, he's kind of going against it so it's and, like all right let's fight back and then that's where it gets fish is like who the fuck do you believe because okay yeah that uh i want to say don't quote me on it but it's probably been like three months ago he was in wiggins at the at the the the, the meat locker you know visiting them like mm-hmm. hey you know that's cool yeah we support you guys yeah with the meat and all this what the fuck, you know? So mm-hmm. that's like, just tell me. I'm, I'm, I mean, not everyone's like that, but me, I'm just like, just tell me straight up. Are you in it? Are you in for it or not? Like, you know, there's a lot of food, foods I don't like, but I'm not gonna be like, hey, don't do this because I don't like it. You know, Eric knows I don't like onion, but if you guys want to eat onion, go ahead, eat all the onion you guys fucking want. You know, but it's like <laughs> stuff like that. You know, it starts getting. That's interesting too, because like the meat, I was more just like out there in public, and everybody knew about it. But I, I doubt many people knew about him coming to Wiggins and, and doing that. No, I didn't even hear about it. Yeah, he's he a long here. drive, okay? Like yeah. in Denver? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always out here. <laughs> so that's good, right? We're away yeah. from the bullshit. Right? But, yeah. So Jared Polis is like a perfect example of effective, like effective um, politicking, marketing, statesmanship. Um, again, leave the personal stuff you know, out st- like it, like oh his, my his, god whoever he likes and shit that that doesn't matter T- take that out of the equation yeah and guess what colorado doesn't like that otherwise they would have voted for trump <laughs> like mm-hmm. coloradans typically like boring you look at hickenlooper mark udall even jared polis like i mean the guy walks around wearing his tennis shoes very colorado that's what i do i'm like wearing my birkenstocks with socks right now like, I'd show up to a professional meeting in this. <laughs> like, you know, like, and he does, too. Like, he shows up to, like, you know, conventions or whatever, just, like, his, it's very bolder. And, um, you know, we like that. We like, we don't want flair and, pomp, you know, pompous or whatever. We're just kind of a very, like, laid back, like, oh, you, yeah, you look like you would hike a 14er, you know, like, I'll vote for you, whatever. Um, 
And so that's what people typically like here. So Trump is like way like out of the even the question when it comes to like the type. Even like the Colorado Republicans in 2016 did not vote for Trump in the caucus. It was Ted Cruz. I mean, Trump was like really disliked among the Republican caucus, mostly because he thought it was rigged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, shocker. Who <laughs> didn't see that coming? But um, Jared Polis is really interesting because when he ran in 2018, right out of the gate, he stated, I am for free kindergarten for every single parent in this state. He won that election the minute he said that. I didn't hear shit from Walker Stapleton. I don't know what he ran on. Lower taxes. No more regulations. Boring. Who cares? Who, who doesn't run on that? Yeah, even like Jared Polis run on that runs that, on that. And then nothing ever happens. <laughs> yeah, and guess what? Jared Polis, like, let's remember, he used to be a libertarian. Uh, he, you know, would show up to the Boulder County Libertarian Party. So, so, do you think he's, do, so do you think he's more maybe just like in the middle? But like, if we're being completely honest, you have to choose a side if you want to win. It, it's, I think it's bullshit. You shouldn't. You know, they always have, you're running as this or you're running as this. Like, how much of a difference would it be if there was no parties at all? So, like, say that there's there's no Republican. Say just like here, there's no Republican, there's no Democrat. It's just three people are running and vote who for who you want. So Jared Polis is a unique thing. Um, if you the blueprint is very well worth reading. It it shows how Jared Polis and Ted Trumpa and a few other um, Democrats took over the state and made it blue and how it is today. And Jared Polis in that book it states that. I mean, Colorado used to be Republican. Um, And back in those days, and we're talking like early 2000s, like late 1990s, the Republican caucus in this state was really not (laughs) pro-gay. We're talking about a time when even Democrats and Republicans opposed gay marriage. Pretty much everywhere, I think, not just... just, Yeah. yeah, And so Jared Polis looked at that and he said, well, you guys don't want me here. I mean, fuck you guys. So he went over to the Democrats because at that time the Democratic Party in Colorado was a little bit more amicable to him as a person um so he's a very unique case in terms of like why he's there and and speaking broadly to colorado it's my opinion that it's a left-leaning libertarian state so how else do you explain that we always vote for a pro-choice abortion measure and always vote to reduce taxes that's left-leaning libertarianism and that's why jared polis who's very smart uh, came out like two, three weeks ago, and Heidi Ganahl was just like salivating. She was like, "Oh, please, like, say that COVID va- vaccines are mandated for kids." Like, and then he came out and he said, "No, I'm not going to mandate COVID vaccines for kids." Libertarianism, right there. He's extremely smart, and that's so how Colorado Demo- lands. So, do you think the Democrats were like kind of like, uh, like that was? We already know it was more of like a progressive Democrat push for like the vaccine stuff, the closing of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, Colorado really wasn't doing too much of that. Jared Polis was even commended by John Caldera of the Independence Institute, a conservative policy center for how he uh, led Colorado through. I mean, he'd closed it, but it was not nearly for as long as other states. And he kept things relatively open. Um, I mean, he could have, we could have done much worse. I mean, and he was not like Gavin Newsom out in California at that restaurant without a mask on. (laughs) He just didn't do stupid crap like that yeah you know he kind of walked the talk and just said you know hey i we advise you know like rather than just like you know i force you to do this it it could have been so much worse and he led the state very moderately on covid closure 
And I mean, Jared, John Caldera wrote a really fantastic editorial on Jared Polis and how he handled it. Um, worth reading, by the way. I think yeah. Colorado is just a very interesting state because how, how I see it is you got two sides of it. You kind of look at it as urban uh, Colorado and then rural Colorado. You look at it, look at it like that or just mountain side Colorado and then just in the plains over here where there's just a completely different way of style and way of life. I mean, it, it, it's kind of hard to just gauge um, what's kind of better for the state because half the state is rural, the other half is, is more urbanized. And most of the population does live in the urbanized uh, part. But then, like in r- rural Colorado, is like where most of like the, the agriculture is at, where um, like all the money is pretty much made. Well, look at what's happening to Lauren Boebert right now. Just to poke a little bit of a hole in your argument, she's like fighting for her political life right now. I mean, that CD three is like a solid Republican district. That's how the lines were drawn, even this time around, was to keep it Republican. She's like within two hundred votes right now. It's an absolute. So what, what's CD three like? Where's like all like Route County? Like we're talking Western Slope of Colorado. Okay. Um, and so it it includes Pitkin County, Pueblo, Route. I'm forgetting a few, but like those are some of the bigger ones. Um, and Lauren Boebert came in with like the Trump wave, like gun on her hip and acting almost like a female Trump, and um. That, that just doesn't work anymore, especially in Colorado. People are really sick of it. Um, I think not just in Colorado, but just, just more just nationwide. It's like, if you're coming with the Trump shit, it's like, come on. We're, like, we're, we're kind of over that. Like, get past it and let's just get more, just something more just moderate. Yeah, well, we'll see about the country because I'm not convinced. Because I think the despair that Trump noticed is still very much there. And I'm not sure if DeSantis can speak to that um, in terms of, I don't think yeah. DeSantis can go to Appalachia and talk to those people like Trump did. Just personally. But, yeah. you know, um, that's a... He's not a unifier, yeah. though, either. So that's that's the, that's the biggest thing. And right now, I think that's... We are the United States. I mean... For, it's on the name, yeah. but are we really? Yeah, the, the battle lines are on cultural issues, and they have been for many years. But in Colorado, the cultural stuff just really doesn't fly here. And so with Polis, with the everyday kindergarten for free, that was a huge issue where even my slightly conservative friend was like, do you know how much I spend on kindergarten? Like every month? And I'm like, what, like $100? Like I, I just have no idea. And he's like, no, like, I have, he's like, I have three kids. It's like like $2,000. And I'm like, how do you find $2,000 when you're paying rent too? I'm like, that just blew, and this is in the city of Boulder too. I was like, that just blew my mind. And he's like, yeah, I support it. And I'm like, okay, that's really interesting. And that just spoke to um, so many different people. And the, why I'm bringing this up is you have to run on ideas. There's no other way around this, um, especially in Colorado. Um, we have the highest PhD per capita in the entire country. Highest what? You PhD. Oh. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not you know not and i we have a lot of very savvy entrepreneurs here i i whenever i go to other states i always think about just like wow colorado is just a very active like very intelligent state where i just don't think you can come here with like your cute little slogan and like whip up a crowd like lauren bobert would and win i just don't think that works here 
Jared Polis, yeah, he's boring on paper. He looks kind of like a milk dad, honestly, but like <laughs> it freaking works. <laughs> like, <It worked. laughs> like it's just. And it, and it helped. I mean, he was. I mean, he has a lot of money too. I mean, that's that's, that's a, a big plus. You know, that's a big issue. I would have highlighted that if I was running that campaign is the fact that you can have contributions from people like you and me capped at like a certain amount for governor. But if I have twenty eight thousand billion dollars. I can give literally all of that to myself and run and talk about elitism. Talk about like rich person, you know, just yeah. walking on in there and buying an election. Didn't Trump do the same thing? At least that's what the Democrats were claiming. Like, Oh, rich guy coming think, in and buying think, up the election. I think they, a lot, I think a lot of them do it, honestly. Like, um, yeah, we're being naive. I don't think if we think that everyone's not, I think they're all doing it. Oh, so yeah. like, here, I'll give you some money. Just remember, you yeah, know, just remember this. Yeah, no, uh, that would have been an issue I would have highlighted because then you can kind of get the progressive caucus on your side who really hates money and politics. Um, and that's a huge coalition in the state. But um, no, the Republic, I mean, name me fun exercise. Just this cycle, because I know you guys are new to politics. Um, can you name one idea Republicans had or even something that resonated with you? Maybe even from any of them. I know Heidi was uh, one. One of her things was to have uh, uh, no income tax, mm-hmm. and to just uh, to just get rid of just uh, having no no income tax. You can keep most of your money. Um, but then I also read that Polis kind of had the same thing. They both had like the same idea of just of getting rid of income tax. Yeah. It's just that she wanted to just get rid of it altogether, and he wanted to have a replacement for it. Mm-hmm. What replacement? It, it was just like taxing. Um, I don't remember what exactly what it was, but it's just oh, taxing somewhere else and then getting still getting the same the, the money from somewhere, just not from income tax. Yeah, reallocating of funds. Um, and how about you, Monaco? I mean that that one was a big one. A lot of them. I think there has to be something with like what moves Colorado is agriculture and oil. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of oil here. And they're not with the oil, really. Because I worked in the oil field personally, so I know how that goes. And ever since they, like, he's been in office, there hasn't been no permit stuff been able to go. There's st- Obviously, it's not just him, you know. It's a whole, it's a chain of command. It's not just him that decides. But it has been way tougher, you know, for, for, for permits stuff mm-hmm. to be able to get over. And I think that should be one. But the biggest one, I thought, was the income taxes. So you see others... Other places are thriving without it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Colorado so is actually like, kind of unique. With so it's income. like, yeah. why, if they're able to do it and they're thriving, like, how shouldn't we be able to do it? Okay, so now imagine you're living in Denver, Boulder. I'm having Would night, you go I'm knock door to door? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you're a liberal. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you've gone to college and studied gender theory. Um, <laughs> and but, blue hair. Yeah, just really get in that space. I have a hat on. Don't see my blue hair. God but in it. all seriousness, imagine you're knocking doors. Would you say, hello, I'm Monaco with the Heidi Ganahl campaign. Would you like to vote for Heidi? She would like to reduce or get rid of state income tax. Yeah, they're going to be like, get the fuck out of here. They're going to be like, what? Like, you hate, like, X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, you don't want to fund mental health. You don't want to fund the environment. Like, blah, blah, blah. They can go down the litany of things that they can hit you with on that. Like, that, because why I'm bringing up Denver and Boulder is 
yeah, I totally hear like the concerns of this area, totally valid. But the thing is, is you have to get those votes in like the major urban areas of Colorado. So you go to these, knock on these doors and say, hey, I'm here to um, support oil and gas. <laughs> People are going to be like, hmm, I've been told that they're like Hitler or something, yeah. that they hate the world. And that's kind of how you, know, you present like, It's kind of, and that's where it goes with your whole marketing. It's where you present it. It's like, I'm not going to sell you like, I'm not the whole thing. Sell me this pen. You don't really want to sell them the fucking pen. You want to know more about them. Was like, did you get that from Wolf of Wall Street? Huh? At the end of the movie with Wolf of Wall Street, he said, sell me this pen. Yeah, but have you actually yeah. heard like the wolf, the real wolf of Wall Street? You know, the yeah, wolf's the, den? Yeah, the actual guy. The actual guy. And he, he talk, mm-hmm. and he talks about it like, and it is, it's bullshit. Like, you don't want to really sell this, but they're like, oh, right, it's this, this, no. Like, oh, how long have you been in the market for this pen? Right. Do you have interest? Like, you have to sell them the idea. And so the person going door to door, they're not fucking really educated on, on this stuff. Well, I and think. yeah. I mean, I would challenge that idea in terms of the average voter. Um, I actually think most voters are very, at least maybe on a basic intuitive level, understand what is wrong. They might not understand, like, how to fix it. I mean, that's why we elect people, <laughs> because you're supposed to tell me how you're going to fix it. Um, but I think some people, most people have an idea of, like, what is wrong. And maybe, like, a slight idea of, like, oh, like, what if we try this idea? Um in my experience with working with voters, like, I think they know what they're talking about. I think they typically have the right intuition on people, typically. Um, so for whatever that's worth. But there was no, for, and like Heidi's branding was like, God fucking awful. Like mom on a mission. I don't want to elect my mom <laughs> to have you tell me like what to do. Like, everyone is like, oh, my God, mom, like, scary. <laughs> like, it's just not, like, I mean, I love my mom so much, but, like, I don't want to picture her there just, like, being my mom, <laughs> like, being the governor. Another thing that, another thought I had is, that, like, she has kids. It's, like, she starts to pay attention to her kids and her family, like, and she starts to, like, run this, like, pretty stressful job. Yeah. Like, it's, it's quite a bit. Same thing with Paul's. I mean, the, he has stuff going on, too. Everybody does. Yeah, he actually has uh, kids, too. Yeah, but, so it's, you, you know, I guess you can make that excuse for either side. You could. Um, but it's like the way they put it out there. Paul isn't like, oh, dad on a mission. No, he's just like, I'm here doing this. It's your fucking marketing. That's, that's what we're going yeah. to. Like the mar- yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, like mom on a mission. Like when my boyfriend heard mom, he's like, oh, I just think of my mom. Mom on a mission right now. <laughs> I'm, what I'm thinking, like, sorry, Haiti, but the, what I'm thinking is like, I got my fucking minivan with the soccer balls and shit in the back and I'm cruising. <laughs> I'm cruising. I'm hauling. Like, no, it's messed that? up. No, I'm, no, it's no, messed you're up. Not wrong. Like, that, that's that's the vision when you do, when you just literally said that. That that's what I thought. Like, I'm sorry, but that's that's what I thought. Like, and mission to do what? That's no, that's the saying, missing like, part. Is yeah, you're mad, you're pissed, but we are go- maybe going to elect you to do something about it. So what are you going to do about it? Like, God damn it, tell me. And she couldn't tell me anything. It was just, and then what sealed her fate was, and it was even during the primary, she, or somebody, I can't remember which group, I think it was actually the Heidi Ganahl campaign, sent out a mailer, like, with President Trump over here, Heidi Ganahl over here, and it just said, Heidi is your MAGA candidate. You're done. And Jared Polis was very smart and put that in every commercial. Bam, bam, bam. She's done. I've People that, do not want that I've seen that commercial that quite a few times. 
Did See, you? it I left an impression on you. Yeah, I never saw, like, I never saw it. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can love Trump, hate Trump, but like Colorado does not love Trump. So, and she was on Steve Bannon's show. She really leaned into that election denial crowd. I have no idea why. I I think it's quite curious. I I don't know if she's looking for a job or honestly thought that that's what was going to get her to win. I have no idea. But um, that's that branding thing. Mom on a mission. Like, there, there's a follow-up to that that is missing. The branding and understanding your market. Yeah. And Colorado voters really are not that stupid. They're really, really not. They're actually wanting to be talked to like an actual adult. And so when you say, when, and she got hammered for this. She's, you know, Kyle, not Kyle Clark because she refused to talk to him. Um, that debate, she, like, the moderator asked, like, where are you going to make up for the, the lost money? She couldn't answer. It's like, come on. Come on, man. The lost like, money for more. Like, if you were to get rid of the state income tax, like, where would you, all, like, get, like, make up for, like, a revenue stream? Like, where else would you maybe pull from or, you know, whatever? And she couldn't answer it. It was really embarrassing. And in Colorado, like, abortion really drives a lot of people here. And I, you look at Joe Day. Here's another really interesting example. There's two things I'll say about that. Joe O'Day was trying to be like that moderate with abortion. Like, oh, I think Democrats go too far. And I also think Republicans go too far. That's fine. But guess what? People don't believe you because you're going to be in the Senate. And I think people would imagine him being like, okay, I, I really can't honestly believe that Ted Cruz wouldn't twist your arm enough to get you to vote for some kind of abortion restriction. Like, come on. Like, it just was not, like, again, the, the idiom in politics is if you sit in the middle, you're going to get knocked down on by both sides. Perfect example. That's what happened to him. And he should have just gone one way or the other. Just go all the way in. Who why, why, cares? Why do you, why do you think the, the abortion issue was, like, a big kind of deal for for voters? It always has been in Colorado. Um, ever since I was a kid, I would say it's always been a huge issue. Um I, I honestly don't know why. That's That would be an interesting anthropological study <laughs> to go do. Like, why is abortion so big here? And I, I think it just speaks to that libertarian mindset of, don't tell me what to do with my body. <laughs> I think it just encapsulates that general philosophy that here in Colorado, we are very adverse to that. Um, so I think that's part of it. Because um, there, was, there was two parts of that. So like, yes, of course, they're saying, don't tell me what to do with my body. But then a lot of them were like, since like birth control, you can get it for free, you know, from the government. They wanted like a, a lot of people wanted abortion to be for free, like, you know, for that too. But then do whatever you want, but don't expect like the government to pay for it too. Like, mm-hmm. so that was that. There was those two sides of it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, with uh, Joe O'Day, I was going to say something else about Joe. Oh, yeah, Joe. Um, he made a really big political error too. It's like, what's your opinion of Michael Bennett? Either of you. I don't know. I don't really got an opinion on him, honestly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Apathy. Stay out of sight. Just, yeah. It's yeah. Better. He's like a turtle. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's just kind of there and goes in a shell most of the time, but he's still there. And so, do you think that's what kind of got him, helped him win? I guess he's not. I don't think you can run a negative campaign against an apathetic person, like someone where people have like a lot of apathy for. Kind of just fires, fires back at you. Yeah. So like we're in a crowded room, we're in a party 
and I've never like really even met that person. I'm like, yeah, they, they look fine. I don't know. And you're telling me that they're like devil incarnate. I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> like, like, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. You told me what? Like, I'm. it might plant like a little seed. Be like, oh, like maybe be careful. And like, maybe like, you know, like be cautious when you approach them. And then when you finally do, you're like, oh, they're not that bad. And he's, and he's also been in, in the Senate for a pretty long time, too. Longest ser- serving senator as of, like, this election. Um, so is that good? Do you think they should have limits? On sen- Oh, I'm in support like term of term limits? limits, yeah. I don't know in terms of, like, the structure, in terms of, like, okay, how many years for House or Senate? Yeah, yeah, but I think they should have term No, limits. I think it's ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, that that's the problem with that campaign. You can't run negative against someone who most people don't even know about or have apathy toward. Just be positive. Go out with your own solutions and be positive. You know, upsell yourself. Going back to like the the abortion thing and what why I think it was like so like important in this one, because like the Roe versus Wade case was overturned and returned the the control back to like the states and stuff. So I think I think people just wanted to ensure that they were going to have that protection from the state and like the I mean Mm -hmm. here in Colorado like the 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 people we have in in office now have been in support of it. I think people were just like, let me just get this secure, and then while like shit's going down, and then we could just worry about it later, finding someone else maybe later on down the road. Maybe, yeah. No, I I just don't think that the trust for the Republican Party exists anymore in Colorado. I just don't think so because so the Republican Party here leaned way too far into Trump, like off the deep end, and that was a critical error that they made. So, so okay, I mean, if, I don't mind. I don't know if you mind me asking, this whole thing you're saying is pretty much like the Republicans fucked up. So did you go, did you lean right this year, left, or how, how, how are you? Yeah, I typically, you know, vote. You know, it usually, like, it's kind of weird. I actually leave a lot of things blank because usually I know the Republican who's running, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you a little too well. And so, but I can't really pull the trigger, I guess, for the Democrats, so I just leave it blank, honestly. Um, Jared Polis, uh, I received my complete support, and I probably will get in trouble for that, and I really don't fucking care. Um, he is, you know, or <laughs> he's an incredible politician. I admire it. And honestly, he's pretty moderate. I know that they wanted to dispel, like, oh, he actually isn't moderate. Uh, no, you you should be lucky you do, live here. <laughs> do you think Do you think he's going? Because there were some rumors of him trying to do presidency. You think? Yeah, I think they were trying to you know put that in certain circles. I I don't know. Because I, no I don't idea. think Biden's gonna. If he runs, mm. I don't think he's gonna win. Dude, he's not running. He's not running. I'm pretty sure he ain't running. <laughs> but um, with did you see there was an interview? Did you, I'm pretty sure you saw that clip of him. They where they asked them. They asked uh, him. A, they asked him a question. He's just like. Fucking blank stare for a couple seconds, and this was recent, dude. This yeah, the yeah. clip is a re- so it's like I don't know, but I think you're seeing the manifestation of how this will go with uh, John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. I think people mm-hmm. feel sympathy, um, and he does sh- when he said, uh, you know, um, I, I can't recall it directly where he said, you know, I'm in living proof that I you, I can get to the lowest of lows, but like still fight back. Like that's a very American, you know, thing, thing to say. Like that's very much in our culture and our mythology and people resonated with that. And when you look at Biden, I look at him and I'm like, gosh, I can't, Hillary Clinton was 
very deserving of hate, in my opinion. I mean, what an ugly, awful person. Very, like, I, it just makes me enraged just, like, listening to her. With Biden, I'm like, wow, that's sad. And I think you kind of saw the result of that this midterm you cycle. feel bad for him. So. Like, yeah, I see, be- I don't think that's, I, I know what you mean, but I don't know if that's, like, a solution. It's like, you feel bad because you're like, yeah, poor guy. Well, but I'm not going to vote for him because of that, but I think the electorate in general wasn't going to, like, for example, Obama, Tea Party happened in 2010 because, I mean, he's the one who made me lean to the right. I mean, he is probably the primary reason. And people just hated him. I mean, did you he, ever- was, he was probably one of the best speakers, though, like... Yeah, but his policies, I mean, my lord. I mean, just what a, he dropped more bombs than Bush. (laughs) I mean, the guy's an absolute warmonger. But then, and see, then that's kind of where where my thing, I'm just like, I think people should have term limits because every, like, in the Senate, yes, president, he's in there. You're fucking in there in and out four years. He he had eight years. But those other people that they're always in, they're not going anywhere. They have those positions. So those are pretty much the people actually doing the stuff, like, they blame it on this guy, then they blame it on this guy. Yes, but if the president can want to do something, but if this, they, if they, these other people don't agree, they're like, you ain't, you ain't doing that. Yeah, well, just a, in terms of like, you know, Obama versus Biden, like people were like motivated to get out and defeat Obama, which is why he dealt with mostly like a Republican Senate and House most of his of his presidency. People were just enraged by him. With Biden, I can't see people doing that. I can't see people going to their... You don't think you people know, are enraged right now? Not at Biden. No. I think they don't know what the fuck is going on. I think people are apathetic. And uh, it's out of their yeah, control. Because I, th- I think there's a lot of people that are really pissed, like how everything has been going. Like, well, I don't see uh, the local Tea Party starting up again. I mean, I remember the Obama years. It was just like protest after protest, and people were like, I mean, meetings were like hundreds of people just filled, packed in a room, ready to just take this guy out. Not like that, but like, you know. know, I mean, some of them were. Remove him from office. Yeah, some of them were, I'm sure. Like, I heard of it, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) like, just chill. Um, But that's not happening anymore. You don't I think, think people, so? You don't think happened with COVID when they destroyed all kinds of shit everywhere? I'm not seeing Find me the local group where they can get 300 people in a room willing to go out and knock doors. No, they weren't in a room. They were fucking, like, everywhere. Like, all the stuff happened with COVID. They're breaking everything down. And, like, we're not just going to arrest people no more. Yeah, that was a state stuff. But, like, there was a lot of shit going on, too. Like, it's not, I don't think it was all just sunshine and rose with Biden either. No, yeah, Totally. But I think people are apathetic, and I don't think people trust – okay, there's two things. I don't think people trust Republicans anymore because they lean too far into Trump. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. number one. And number two, I can't think – okay, the battle lines are on cultural lines right now. Like, mm-hmm. we can talk all day about inflation. Boring. Um, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I know Not, it's a really yeah. big issue. Mm-hmm. I'm enraged by it. But – I am more enraged about how they are treating our kids in public schools and indoctrinating them and exposing them to certain agendas. And I'm left to wonder what the purpose of those agendas are than that. And that's a very cultural thing like that's happening there in terms of, you know, like that's what's in the, you know, anthropology stuff, which is why I'm not currently getting my PhD. I mean, it is just so 
like there's just so much post just to use like an anthropology term postmodernism you know where you know truth is subjective you know where even they even go down to science and say science is objective or subjective um i think they call that wokeism now yeah it is wokeism and that's why ron DeSantis is being so effective in florida um going against the woke um but name me like i can't think of a single republican in this country other than like a few who like ran really hard against that except for ron DeSantis. yeah i don't think yeah no i don't, I don't find much um but I'm, I'm just wondering like if if trump chooses to not run again and they got like another another candidate for for presidency in there do you think that will just kind of eliminate what trump has done and like all the trump supporters and then maybe the the republicans that won't be so so far right that they'll be more more moderate no um because in politics what happens usually has ripple ripple effects for decades we're still living with the reagan coalition it's just been added to with the addition of Latinos um, in that mix, um, with the addition of um, classical like liberals. Like in what way? I mean, inform me a little bit. Well, like Reagan brought in uh, the evangelical Christian voters. That was like his big thing, like the pro-life thing. That wasn't a thing until like Reagan, to have the Republican Party mm. be in the pro-life camp very solidly. It used to be kind of like a mix in some ways. Um so we still have that, which is what Trump was doing, which is why he held up the Bible, <laughs> um, using it as a prop, super fun, you know, going to all, like, these religious prayer breakfasts and all that. That's why he was doing it. But he also brought in, like, another coalition, which is, like, the classical liberals like me, um, who just have very liberal tendencies in some ways, but is just so disgusted by the cultural stuff on that side that I just say no to it. And you look at some of the ways that the minorities have moved away from the Democratic Party. Hispanics are, you know, a great example of that. But there has also been some coalitions that have left, too. Like those moderate Republicans, like the never-Trumpers, the neocons, they've left the party. Which I think is actually a good thing. I will credit Trump for that. Mm-hmm. But, wait, what was your question? Um like it, it's it's there to stay is what I'm saying. Like if if something happens, like in politics, like especially of this magnitude, this is like a generational thing. Like this is away. not moving for a long it's not going time. Away for a while. I mean, how long has it been since Reagan? 1980. Yeah. Like, and and then before that, it was like JFK to an extent. Nixon with his Southern strategy, which I think the Republican Party is still living with. FDR brought the African Americans over to the Democratic Party. Look at where they are now. They're still in the Democratic Party. We're living with this for many, many decades. I think it'll morph and change just a little bit, but I think it's here to stay. So, but, gotta but work I, with it. But I do think that next time around, um, I just I, I, there's no way I see Biden just staying in there. Um, they get him on, on a debate stage and just have him talk about stuff, then he'll fall apart, and people will be able to see that. And I think just. What the country, what people want is just a good leader who just solid on where they stand and just not too far this way, not too far this way, but then just is more moderate and just can lead the country. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't like making predictions like that because things can change in one minute. We might have a terrorist attack tomorrow. Man, that, that's going to change the calculus immediately in favor of the Republicans. 
usually it does, you know, when some kind of big foreign, you know, event happens. Um, so, I mean, anything can happen. I mean, I think if the, oh, I don't want to say a certain word. I think if the gender ideology stuff continues as it is, um, that will also favor a Republican president, and I don't see that slowing down, because I think that that is one of the biggest things that is driving people to the right, including my boyfriend. He sees, like, the drag queen shows, and he's like, what the fuck is Especially going in, on? Especially in, like, the Boulder area where, where you're from. Oh, it's disgusting. Do you see, do you see a lot of these, uh, the just, like, shows even now? Like, like mm. little kids show, like, cartoons, like... There's a lot of shit. I'm just like they they redid the Scooby Doo to just yeah make her Thelma like a lesbian, right? It's like who cares? Yeah, like being Chinese black gives a fuck, dude. Let's go find some monsters, dude. Like who gives a fuck? Because like when you look at America and what Trump spoke to and what Obama did not speak to and actually made it worse, is just like this cultural malaise, this despair that has taken over. I mean, you look at the opioid epidemic, fentanyl. That's we are very unique in the first world with these types of problems like suicides, you know, debt that people have in this country. I mean, we're surrounded by addictions, in my opinion, you know, whether it's, you know, compound interest or, you know, you know, television. It can be a certain addiction like media. And um, I, I just think the America Americans driven mad by it. And I don't think we're healthy at all. You look at how many... For example, like most women who are on, they did a poll. I can't remember who did it. Like most women who are on like uh, SSRIs, I believe is the term, or like, you know, medication to cure depression. They're in the Democratic Party, (laughs) which I find very interesting. But if you look overall, um, a lot of, you know, the rate of people taking those is going up. That's extraordinarily sad. I think it's a bigger. I think it's a bigger agenda than just like parties. It's a, it's a pharmaceutical thing where you got billions, trillions of dollars. And that's exactly. With, if you look at COVID, the thing that I found hilarious about the whole thing, and I use hilarious lightly, just I guess ironic. Um, <laughs> haha, funny people are dying. Um, <laughs> and um, is that the Democrats who had Bernie Sanders like whip up like a lot of you know, they're people yeah. and are like now the most pro pharmaceutical industry people ever by giving billions of dollars to Pfizer and Moderna. Like these are people who told me my entire life, like, yeah, we hate the pharmaceutical industry. Like the government shouldn't fund them. And, and what do they do? Just like that. And on the Republican side, I've actually seen it become more populist and actually what I call true progressivism, um, not this AOC bullshit. I've actually seen it become rather anti-corporate, which I find freaking hilarious. It was a social media issue that like really started that, by the way, where, okay. you know, Twitter or Facebook started censoring Republicans. Mm-hmm. And I think Republicans finally started waking up like, oh, corporations are not like capitalist. They're not your friend. <laughs> they're actually really evil and they're like really um, filled with woke people. We hate that. And so I find that, you know, to honestly be very fascinating. And I think that's how the coalition, you know, I think that's how it's going to be, you know, how 2026 plays out. Um, 2024, sorry, plays out is, is along those lines, like traditionalist versus like more populist. And you already start seeing DeSantis playing with that a little bit. 
he was probably the most anti-vaccine mandate governor in the country. Mm-hmm. And he was really questioning a lot of the, this corporate stuff that was going on with Pfizer and Moderna. So anyway, I I don't even remember how we got there. No, yeah, but I, th- I think media for sure is one of the biggest things that that moves one of the most dangerous things that moves for for bad good or bad you know it's but it's very it can be very take a big effect on all that stuff but uh tell me so what's what's next for you scott what do you got going on here you got some stuff right wrapping up that you're doing here <laughs> do in the I, next few um, weeks um <laughs> Um, I've forgotten everything that I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> what I? was it again? <laughs> yeah, shucks. Um, so I'm going to be opening up a, I don't want to call it a candidate school, because if you want to be like an activist or Training. just even like, you know, like if you just even want to understand politics better, I have some of the best of the best Boulder County people, at, you know, politicos, people who have actually been elected and won. We're going to be training a group of people um, to... Um, become better activists or better candidates and maybe just understand politics um, on a deeper level because that kind of stuff isn't happening. So we'll, I really want to start training people and how to think about solutions, like real solutions, not just like, I want to lower the state income tax, <laughs> like just run on that because that's just so utterly un- uninspiring. And so if you look at the candidates I've run um, and, Man, conservatives like really hated one, but she still did really well. Um, one of my candidates ran on bringing the Hyperloop to Longmont. Really off the wall idea, where she thought that the affordability crisis in Colorado was basically a transportation crisis, and she convinced people of that. And it was really, and she's conservative, and she was like advocating for that, and I thought that was awesome. My other um, candidate, who is now mayor pro tem in the county, in one city in the county of Boulder. We ran on bringing uh, municipal internet to Lafayette, the same thing that Longmont did. And people will come up to him and be like, hey, you're like the internet guy. Like, that's perfect. Or like with Diane, she was the Hyperloop girl. Oh, you're the Hyperloop girl. That's like top tier branding right there when you can associate an idea with a face. Like, man, that's just such a beautiful thing to work on and to actually see work. Um, So we're going to be training people to think like that. And I am not interested... And training people to open up an Ayn Rand book and be like, okay, do that. <laughs> that doesn't work. And so um, we're going to be training people to think a little bit off the wall. And That's good. So like, it can be like the craziest, stupidest idea ever, but maybe it'll work. I don't know. Yeah. So we're going to be working on that. And I'm really excited for that. And my seven years of politics, I think, has led me to this point. And we're just going to see what next year brings. I'm going to be focusing on Louisville and Longmont for city council elections. So that's going to be my focus. Primarily. So if people want some more info on that, where could people get some? Um, where can they contact you? They can just contact me directly. Yeah. I try, I try to stay a little bit hidden sometimes because I've been burned by being a little bit too outward facing. This is very weird for but me. But like where, like what, like, like, like a message like on Facebook, Facebook or, or what? Or what do you have? Email? Just email. Email the Scout.ns at gmail.com. If you're really, really inspired by this and my rambling. Um, really inspired to go. But, you know, just to be clear, like, not, like, I, I am the only consultant I can confidently say that has won in Boulder County that has elected right of center candidates successfully and had really awesome results. And it's kind of like my 
well, not up until the, like up until this point, it's like my kind of like my little secret that I'm just like, oh, like we yeah. did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, now I kind of want people to start coming out and be like, oh, okay, hey, like how do we work with the the reality is is that the Democrats are not going away in Colorado, not until at least 2026. So how do we form coalitions and actually work with them and gain just a little bit of a seat at the table? Because right now we don't have a seat. And frankly, I would like a seat because I think Colorado does favor balance in our elected offices. I I really firmly believe that if they are actually given good choices to vote for. I do firmly believe that. And so how do we work to make that happen um, is really my goal. That's great. So, yeah. Awesome. Good <laughs> stuff. You got some good stuff. Yeah, well, th- thank you for, for, you know, taking the time out of your day to come out here and, and chat with us for a little bit. Um, if you guys want more information about her, we'll, we'll put her email down there in the description. But, yeah, you guys, just if you guys like it, just share it with one other person. That's the only thing we have here on the show. And I'll leave you guys with our motto here on the podcast, which is an act of rebellion yeah. is yeah. to question. Underrated, underrated, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.